turtle pants over and over again. There's not a substitute back for amusing conversation. I'm the Archbishop of Banterbury. You didn't up for the opera. Welcome to the Bantercast. Everybody and welcome to episode 63 of the Bantercast. We're back after a very, very long hiatus. Um, uh, due to various reasons that we're going to go into in the podcast. Um, but we wanted to do a, a, a podcast today um, just to really talk about why we've not been on air for a while. And uh, Michael, I want to let you take over from here. Sure. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. I've been, uh, it's, it's basically down to to me. I've been... Yeah, for God's sake, man. It's all my fault. So, so selfish. Yeah. No, really, honestly, it isn't at yeah. all. You, it's like the opposite of selfish. Like You actually have gone through a pretty difficult time. Yeah, I'll tell the story basically. So, um, a few months ago, well, I'll go back even further. For about a year and a half, two years, I've been struggling a lot with uh, anxiety and depression. Um, to the point where I used to get, you know, you know, a few years ago, I get occasional panic attacks. You know, you get these like twenty minute. I think a lot of people have had them. You know, you have a twenty minute panic attack where you kind of feel your heart is racing and you feel like you might have a heart attack or something like that and it kind of passes. Um, I started getting those almost every day uh, for like 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, man, I, I'm going to handle these panic attacks. So I started kind of like meditating and trying different plant medicines and changing my diet and doing all kinds of stuff to kind of fix it. And uh, everything just kept getting worse and worse. So uh, eventually by last winter... Because we're still doing the podcast. Right? Yeah, we're yeah, still yeah. doing podcasts. By by last, I would say last November, mm. I started getting daily panic attacks that would last between six to ten hours a day, usually starting around two or three in the afternoon. Um, and they would just last until you know, I could basically find a way to sleep. Um, and the way I would sleep generally was by taking, you know, by trying to exercise as much as I could, but it was really hard to exercise because I would have these like, panic responses. While you were exercising? Yeah. Because wow. my body would just be like, oh, what's happening? What? Why is our heart rate going up? We're having yeah, another... Yeah, yeah, So it'd be like just my anxiety was just so out of control. Um, so, that so, I, so when you... A panic... So you're, you describe a panic attack as like basically having racing heartbeat, massive like anxiety... It feels like a heart attack. It feels like you're having a heart attack. Yeah, for me, it's like I get chest pain. My face goes numb. My mm. hands go... Basically, all the blood is leaving my extremities and going yeah. to my chest because my, my body thinks that something serious is Some, happening. Something's... You're having an adrenaline yeah. sort of... Yeah, adrenaline overload. thing. So my, my, my limbs go numb and cold and mm. my, my face gets numb. My lips go numb. Uh, my heart hurts and I have this like... I have trouble breathing. Every, every day. Yeah, every day. This would la- like it would last hours and hours and hours, and I would just sit there, just same, like same intensity or varying intensity. Same intensity. Same, just yeah. constant. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So they would last, you know, hours and hours, and um, you know, I tried like sitting through it. You know, like there's yeah. a, there's a couple of techniques on dealing with panic One is called flooding, where you just like allow yourself to have a panic attack, to have a, a really bad panic attack, and so. I tried that, and so I would just have this horrible, like, long, you know, hours and hours of panic attacks, like, meditating through it, trying to sit through it, and um, nothing really seemed to work. I tried going vegan. Um, I cut out alcohol, caffeine. I mean, everything you're supposed to do, I, I basically you did. did it. Yeah, yeah, um, Nothing. No, it was just, it was getting worse and worse, and... Um, so, you would say everything you did made it worse? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was just getting worse, so I, I don't know that if it made it worse, but it definitely, um, my symptom, my panic attacks were getting longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, fuck, I, I can't, like, Can't function. Can't function. To put it into context, I once, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, that I had one panic attack. Uh, I've never experienced any kind of mental illness or any anxiety, you know, other than, you know, stress and stuff like that, I never really had anything at all, and then... Couple, two Christmases ago I had a when my wife was pregnant I had like we just super stressful time and I had what I now know to have been a panic attack or an yeah. anxiety attack at, on Christmas Eve wow. and I thought I was going to die yeah that's what it feels like yeah I yeah. genuinely thought I'd be like this is it curtains yeah. right that's it it's over 
So I went to doctors and, you know, I went to a couple of, I went to therapists. I was Mm. going to a therapist uh, three times a week. I was meditating daily. I was doing yoga. I went to a doctor, a couple of different doctors to check out. Mm. You know, they were like, oh, maybe you're, maybe you have a thyroid issue. Maybe, um, so I basically had everything checked out and no doctor really knew what was wrong. They all kind of suggested that I go on antidepressants and I was really reluctant to do that because I, kind of was afraid of the side effects so I, I didn't really want to go on anything I wanted to sort of get to the bottom of it first right um and so I went on a uh, like a 10 day silent meditation called Vipassana uh which we talked about in the podcast we, we talked about it on the yeah. podcast yeah yeah and that was good and bad it was really hard and it was like pouring a lot of gasoline on a fire. My, my head was already kind of in this pretty weak place and mm. not being able to really eat or talk to people or um, mm. just be like in my own head kind of, it brought up a lot of stuff that I'm kind of processing now, like some suppressed stuff that is kind of scary. was hard to deal with, um, mm. which was one, once all that stuff kind of came up, came out of the Vipassana, I went from anxiety to depression, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a really different, <clears throat> a totally different experience. Like depression is such a different beast than anxiety. Like whereas anxiety, you just like, you know, you, you don't, you don't feel down. You don't feel down. You just feel anxious. So you just feel like yeah, you're, yeah, you're kind of yeah. like wringing your hands and kind of like, can't like, you just, it's just kind of like, you feel like you're having a heart attack. Mm. Depression after the, the pasta night, I wound up getting into depressive state. So I just like, mm. didn't want to get into bed. I wanted, I was just like, man, I, if this all thing continues, I just want to die. You know, I can't mm. live through all this anymore. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of like a daily struggle of just trying to fight through the day, make mm. it through the day. So, cause what I found was when I slept, I had like really good, healthy dreams that were really healing and I would wake up feeling okay during the day, during the day. And then eventually the, the good stuff from sleep would kind of like wear off and I'd be left just back to this really anxious, state. depressed state. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, man, I just need to get through the day, get to sleep and I'll be able to survive kind of thing um and so that went on for a couple of months and i was just sort of like retreating retreating from my life retreating from my work like my 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 company was doing poorly and i couldn't i didn't have the energy to do anything about it i was just witnessing the collapse of a lot of stuff i built which was obviously like really painful and Mm. um was that adding to the yeah 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 that really hurt it was just like an agonizing pain you know because like letting people down and Failing and all that stuff, um, and being regularly self-critical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you blame yourself. Yeah, blame myself. Just like feeling like useless, right? Mm. Um, and what wound up happening is, um, I my my mom uh, had met some uh, a, a hospital group in China mm. who runs a integrative health project. So they integrate Chinese medicine psychotherapy and western medicine mm. in a program and uh they basically invited me they said if i'd be willing to give a talk on investing in healthcare in the conference they, that i could go to the yeah, center yeah. and i was like at the point where i would have done anything i was like fuck yeah sure yeah, um yeah. so i got they flew me to china um and you know, at this point i was so depressed and so anxious like i i just was like this yeah like my face was just numb the whole day like my like my extremities were numb like i could i just felt so tired yeah yeah, yeah. exhausted and like they they first sent me when i got there they sent me to this um acupressure Mm. healer who after the session i like could feel my body parts again it was amazing Mm. like my, my face wasn't numb anymore i was able to feel my extremities again better and it kind of reduced my it kind of it would only last for a few hours, but it was really nice to mm-hmm. uh, that experience was really cool. Um, and uh, so I did that, and I went to give a speech. and I, And I love public speaking. I love uh, mm-hmm. engaging with audiences. And before I was giving the speech, I just felt this like huge anxiety attack coming, and I was like, Bloody "Fuck, hell. not this too!" Like I yeah. love doing this. Like don't take this away from, away me. from yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So I gave the talk, and I did a couple of like interviews for like. TV and stuff um, mm. that they had there. So you got you got through it. I got through it, and then I just felt dizzy, and 
I just couldn't really stand. Mm. And they're like, okay, well, like, let's go to the hospital and check you out. Cause like, it sounds like it's getting worse and worse. And I was like, sure. And by the time I made it to the hospital, I was like unable to move. I was right, like, right, so right. my anxiety was too much. so bad that I yeah, couldn't, yeah. they had to help me into like a hospital bed. And I basically crawled into a hospital bed. Wow. And I wound up staying in this hospital for a month. Um, I was just like, just basically being nursed back to basic health because over the, the weeks and months of this, like I, I had really started to deteriorate. Like I couldn't eat. Mm. I was too anxious to eat. Like my, my right, right, body right. just didn't, it was just like, we can't eat now. There's a tiger chasing us, you know, whatever. There, there's something really, wow, so wow, I couldn't wow, eat wow. and I was just like losing weight and I couldn't exercise because my body would just like shut down and have mm. a panic attack. If I like, if my heart rate would go up, um, I couldn't really meditate that well because it would like trigger all these like traumatic memories that had come up from childhood. Cause a lot of people don't, that, that is one of the, the, I've read about this actually about the, the, some of the negative aspects of meditation. Yeah. The, the, the meditation, like you can go deep into meditation, but like if you've got a lot of unprocessed yeah. kind of issues that you, you haven't really confronted yeah. yet, that stuff can bubble up. Yeah. And without, you know, trained yeah. psychotherapist or meditation guide or an expert to yeah. help you through it can actually be really, yeah, really tough. I think, I charging into Vipassana, which is like the most e- extreme and intense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Med- like, so, in retrospect, maybe. Yeah, I mean, as well, like, I, I think that having talked to other people, I think I just went too deep too quickly. Mm, like, always. by the second day, I'm like, I feel like my third eye opening and like parts of me are like exploding through my third eye and I'm like, I'm mm. floating in this like, it feels like I'm floating in the womb or something like that. Mm. And like, that's just usually doesn't happen for a couple of weeks or months or years. And I think I just was just, I just went too hardcore. Too, too far, too, too quick. Yeah. yeah and, I, and also I was in Guatemala and no one there spoke English. So I couldn't explain that I was having a hard time because I was like puking and stuff and, and, and like, and really sick as well. Like I had got really sick there. It was, mm. it was just a, yeah, it was tough. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely would say like I should have had a lot more more gentle, more of a gentle approach. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have that mentality until very recently. Um, so, in the in the hospital, one of the there was good and bad in the hospital. So I would say one of the good things was they, they gave me like a like a psychotherapist mm. who was combined like the Chinese I Ching philosophy, which is like the I guess the foundation of all Chinese thought, like it's the foundation of like Confucianism and mm. um, the Tao and all that stuff mm. kind of flows from the I Ching. And it's a really beautiful, uh, wise, interesting framework for understanding human nature. But basically they, they told me that like, you know, a lot of the symptoms, mm. they showed me more. I would say a lot of the symptoms that I was going through were being perpetuated by my nature, my hum- the nature of myself, which was... Yeah. You know, very results oriented, um, not at all focused on being on a journey, but more like being focused on trying to achieve a certain result. Let's get a yeah. goal here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's how I was raised. I was raised, you know, my, the thing my mom would always tell me was like, judging by results, often harsh, but always fair. And that's like the mantra of my life kind of thing. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. it doesn't matter what happened. If you didn't achieve it, you lost. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you're and, no good. And that's, it's no good. So, yeah. And also, any result you achieve isn't good enough because mm. you should have had a higher, had a more, uh, you should have had a higher goal. Mm. It just shows that the fact that you achieved it shows that your goal wasn't uh, ambitious enough. So that's it's like a, lot, a, that's a lot it's a perfect recipe for unhappiness. Right for for a lot of mental. Kind it's of, guaranteed hamster wheel of no happiness. I've I have I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine who who an Asian Asian friend of mine. He said he's basically pretty much the same thing that his parents. That was what he grew up with. And yeah. he spent a lot of time yeah. trying to undo a lot of the kind of expectation culture that he comes from. Yeah. And the kind of harshness of like nothing's ever good enough. Yeah. And the cool thing was having hearing that from a Chinese From an Asian It was great. Yeah, I needed wow. to hear from an Asian person. And um and so we went through that and we had a lot of you know, they gave me probiotics and and they have a different idea of medicine. It's a very interesting idea of medicine there. It's medicine is whatever heals you. So like it's whatever, you know, your, your brain creates good chemicals and, mm. and food creates, you know, mm. g- good nutrients. So it's like, you know, m- part of my medicine was food and part of my medicine was going out 
uh, into nature and yeah, part yeah. of my medicine. It's, like, it's part of my prescriptions. Like the doctor was like, okay, you need to get this many hours mm. of walking outside, this many hours of eating, uh, this much food, this many calories. Like they would mm. count my calories. They would did all this stuff that kind of helped work me through to a basic level where I could function because I could not leave the hospital. I could right. not walk around the block without having like an extreme panic attack. That's like mm. I was at that level and I would have these ice pick headaches um, where I would just like, it would be, it'd feel like someone was just jabbing a stake into my brain and I would just like collapse. So that was the good part. The The rough part was, well, I don't know if it's rough or not. I mean, one thing that they want, I wound up doing was taking uh, per, uh, prescription meds, antidepressants, mm. which did help me get from zero to one. Um, yeah. But it did cause problems later, so we can talk about that in a little bit. But um, so the doctors basically were in fear of my life. They were afraid that I was gonna uh, kill myself or or die or something. So mm. um, it, was, it was a serious medical. Crisis. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was just like hosp- hospitalized, hospitalized. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So they they called my parents and did um, both of them fly out. My my mom did fly out, and um, I was really upset actually that they called my parents because I kind of felt like. I'm not a kid, I'm not a child. Yeah, and I just want to go through my own breakdown and on my own. Like, I don't really yeah. need the yeah. the added pressure of, like, trying to make people feel better mm. and not worry, you know? Because my, my mindset was more like, I don't want people to worry. Right, right, like, I'd right, rather right, manage right. their emotions than, than, right. than my own, yeah. Right. Um, but my mom did come out, and it was good because, you know, they could work through some stuff that she needed to work through, and mm. it was good for us to kind of talk about it. Um, mm. So... You know, I wound up, you know, I was there for a while and, uh, you know, I tried to communicate some of the stuff I was going through to my parents, but it was tough because I think all of my life I have not told them how I really feel. Like, I, I more try to manage their emotions. Right, I try yeah, to yeah. keep them stable right? rather than, like, have them hear something that might be painful. Mm. So I at least I began telling them, I, they didn't, neither of them really reacted that well to it but I think maybe as well as they could have um, but it, it was it was good to be in the hospital because they gave me a different perspective on what was happening that, that mm. the perspective was that that it's not that I was broken or messed up it's actually mm. that the system it was working perfectly like when you when you put your hand over an open flame it's very painful yeah but it doesn't mean your hand is broken it means your right. hand is working right, that's right, right, right. you right. have to move your hand Right, right, right. And yeah. similarly, like, I wasn't on a path that led to fulfillment healing and happiness yeah, and healing. Yeah. And my, the, you know, the nervous system was being like, look, this is, this is not good. We need to, we need mm. to figure out how to get on a good path. So I, I was able to get that perspective much, much later. But um, when, was, when you're in the midst of, 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 of this kind of stuff, I think it's like really tough to understand, like, yeah. like what you're kind of, you know, look, I think that the, and I'll, this is just a brief interjection, but like from my, my experience with a lot of kind of doing like plant medicine stuff and dealing with um, my own like physic, I have like fibromyalgia, which is a, uh, which I, you know, there's no, there's no, what's the word? There's no explanation in the West to like, oh, it's just a thing you yeah. have, right? But in other cultures, like in, I would imagine in Chinese culture or in say like the, down in Amazonian culture, uh, where I've gone down to to kind of get that kind of thing treated, they have a completely different perspective on it. They're like, no, no, these are trapped emotional traumas that you have. These are trapped yeah. emotions. These are things that like have manifested in the body, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the pain is a sign that so- that something is not. There's no equilibrium, yeah. right? And that and that your body is always seeking to find a state of equilibrium. Yeah. And 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 if you're in a culture or you're in a kind of place in life where you're not in equilibrium your body will just start to rebel and it will start doing it will start pain signals all this kind of stuff will start flaring up and yeah and i think that that we don't even that's our healthcare system is so advanced and so and so stupid in the same way in in exactly the same uh, at the same time you know the western healthcare system is incredible like Mm-hmm. If you get if you get like if you break your leg or you get your arm chopped off, you can they can sew that shit back on. Yeah. Right? But they can't they can't fix a broken heart and they can't fix yeah. a um you know, a serious mental health breakdown. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think um I've been on a journey like learning a lot about mental health and how yeah. much it's related to inflammation. Um there's a really interesting study on uh inflammation 
uh, that came out in Nature where gut inflammation. Yeah, gut inflammation. If if they can induce gut inflammation at a certain level, a hundred percent of the time you'll get depression. Right. It's really interesting. So, um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, I was yeah in this hospital and and I finally was like kind of functional functional on these meds and um, I was just like I don't want to go home at all. I'm mm. not ready. Um, mm. So. I got on a plane and went to... I was between going to Sri Lanka and Borneo, the, and the Sri Lanka flight was like 300 bucks, and the Borneo flight was 100 bucks. Right. And so I went to Borneo. Okay, Borneo, yeah. And, like, the same day in Sri Lanka, like, there was a... Sh- like, the day I was supposed to arrive, there was, like, a massive terrorist attack <sighs> in the hotel I was going to stay in, so it's really, really lucky. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, so, yeah, fortunate that I'm just a cheap fucker. Um, <laughs> but I went to Borneo, went to the jungle there, and, and kind of cooled it, went on some treks into the jungle and mm. and that was cool and then I and then I wound up going to Bali um for like sort of intensive like psychotherapy and like uh martial arts um so Did you find that Yeah I f- I found um martial arts specifically jiu jitsu to be really helpful for me mm. Um so jiu jitsu is kind of a a grappling martial art where and it's very it's very um it, it involves all of your f- mental factors, so it's very intellectual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it and like physical at and physical yeah. at the same time. So like it help keeps you gets you out of your head and into mm. like the present mm. very well. And um, so I would I would go jiu jitsu and basically have like panic attacks and pass out. Um, but it helped me to kind of like tickle the fight or flight system that mm. had been so it's been so broken inside mm. of me at this point and I'm um, so inflamed basically mm. that it helped me too so i was going to jiu-jitsu in the mornings and then doing like intense psychotherapy um every day dealing with a lot of the stuff that had come up in meditation and over the course of being in the hospital and mm. all this all this stuff that um that i st- i'm still kind of dealing with still kind of reeling at um and uh but things were get kind of improving i was able to eat again mm. and you know uh bali has amazing food it's like a very tropical place, you know. I had, I, you know, I was seeing all kinds of. I was trying everything I could, like seeing different healers and bodywork people, and um, and going to into nature and trying all the things that I could do in yoga and meditation and breath work and like, mm. you name it, I've done it. Um, right. And so I was feeling okay, and I was like, well, you know, I'm, I've been researching these antidepressants and. They seem to be no good. And I was like, well, then I'm not going to take them anymore. Yeah. So I stopped taking them and I went on a trip to Singapore to go uh, watch a friend. um, A a friend manages some some professional fighters. And I went to go watch uh, his his fighters fight uh, for one championship in Singapore, Mm. which was amazing. uh, Really amazing. And these guys are the best in the world at what they do, like the best Mm. uh, in jiu-jitsu, the best jiu-jitsu fighters uh on earth so it was really cool i went there and kind of like went to their seminars and mm. they're really really famous and it was cool to kind of watch what they do and and um all of a sudden like during that time i started feeling really down and i was like mm. Mm, i'm getting feeling really down but i was like well you know it like um, it's okay like i don't feel as bad as before but i'm feeling a little bit a little bit down here and then mm. i was in, in the airport on my way home and i just sort of to where to back to bali back to bali yeah yeah and I had just, I lost all touch of reality. I, I thought my anxiety was so high that I thought I was hallucinating wow. everyone around me. I was just like, none of these people are real. Jesus. I'm just hallucinating them all because I can't deal with being alone. And I'm mm-hmm. just like making these people up. Um, and it felt, and my, I was just like, you know, a hundred out of a hundred anxiety. And I, and I was just like, my brain was just like going through these loops of just like terror and, uh, my heart just like pounding out of my chest, and I and I just like was like the thought the, the thought that kept repeating was like there's no escape from your own mind. I'm I'm trapped in this like crazy mind right now, mm. and I was like I just the only way out is to kill myself. This is the only way I can get out of here. Like yeah, I can't yeah. take this. Mm. And I was like holy shit. And I just observed that thought, those thoughts, and I was just like oh my god, this is. Luckily, I had researched the fuck out of all this, and I was like this is like a withdrawal symptom. Right. Right. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah. I need to like, I need some help. So I called home and uh, my mom, when I'm getting in touch with 
a doctor who talked me through what was going on and it was like, you know, get back on your meds right away. Mm. So I did. And, um, that, that helped the worst. Did that yeah. Help it it kind of went back to a normal place, but it was super scary. I was just like terrified. And then uh, I was in Bali and, and I was just like, man, I'm trying to go into jujitsu. And I went to jujitsu and I basically fainted, uh, like after training, I, I just like, couldn't breathe and then I was just like I, I felt so hot and so scared um and I just fainted boom um passed out and I uh, woke up in a in a in a hospital there and they're like yeah you fainted but you're okay and they gave me some vitamins and stuff um mm. and I was just like fuck like I gotta get off these meds mm. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. The side effects are too too, too, much, too much, and I just don't. I like this must be really messing with my brain. You, you so. don't feel like yourself. Yeah, I didn't feel like myself. So, um, I decided to come back to DC after that to kind of get off of to titrate off of these meds. And um, you know, the more I read about the meds, is that they they tend to be really helpful in the short term, but in the long term have a lot of bad side effects. And mm. they don't. There's no evidence that they work in the long term better yeah. than placebo. Um, basically like in, in like peer reviewed studies, essentially, um, and one really common side effect is, is suicide and, and suicidal behavior, uh, from these pills. And if you look at all these kind of school shooters and that, they're all in these, they're all taking those meds and so, what, come off them or something. Yeah. yeah you they probably didn't take one, you know, if yeah, you yeah. skip a dose, I mean, really like it can you have these really bad, up, yeah. bad results. So, um, I'm going through the process now of of titrating of coming off of them. And it's really hard. I mean, it's like withdrawal symptoms that are pretty extreme. Mm. And, you know, all of this, because I have a lot of this stuff that I, I didn't really deal with. And mm. I didn't, didn't, it's funny cause I didn't even know I had this stuff to deal with. Right. It never came up before. Right. And it all kind of came up out of meditation, which I'm, I guess I'm glad in a way that it did happen, but now it's like dealing with it has been really tough. So well, better out than in because you have yeah. to deal with it. You always are going to have to deal with these things at some point, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. You, you know, th- there was that whole case with the, um, those kids that were hanging out with Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, and they were fine. Right. So they knew Michael Jackson when they were kids and they defended him through thick and thin I mean, I was reading a story about this one guy. I can't remember what his name was, Wade or something. I don't know what it was. But 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 he said, like, he got married in his 30s, and then his life just started falling apart. His depression, suicidal, like, everything just completely fell apart, and he didn't understand what was happening. And then he realised, like, oh, shit, like, I was abused by mm. this guy. I'm mm. suffering, like, from very serious post-traumatic stress. Mm from what happened as a child that didn't nothing ha- there was no indication of this yeah until he was in his 30s well and I I, I sw- it happens I sort of I see this all over the place I see like family members friends of mine when they hit their 30s a lot of the stuff comes out it fucking comes out of the basement you yeah know? and then they're like oh my god like what what is this mm. and like what do I, I <laughs> yeah well I have to deal with, with all this stuff that I haven't yeah come to terms with because I think your 20s are kind of like so much testosterone yeah. and stuff that you're too busy trying to like get chicks and yeah. get in fights and, and uh, yeah. live your live your best life whatever yeah. they say on uh, Instagram these days well it's it's very funny you mentioned testosterone because one of the things the f- first things I did was get my testosterone checked mm. and my testosterone was really low mm. um and then they asked me to get it tested again, and it mm. was kind of low. Mm. And the doctor's like, yeah, I mean, you're fine. I mean, this is like these things fluctuate, and you're okay. Um, but it turns out that, like, low testosterone... It's a crisis, right? It's a, there's a crisis. Well, I mean, before I even say that, I mean, there, that low testosterone can lead to a lot of these symptoms. symptoms yeah. um, but, but it's not that simple, because you know, you might have low testosterone because your cortisol is high because right. you're stressed. It may not, you may not have 
like lower testosterone, you might have a really stressful situation. I mean, there's all it's not a, it's not a panacea, but it's just something interesting. Anybody listening to this yeah, yeah. is definitely to get your testosterone checked, your free testosterone um, checked. Mm. And so I went up um, when I came back to go see a endocrinologist, endocrinologist and uh, and I was because I was kind of interested because I I my doctor kind of just brushed it on the mat, but I had been researching a lot of depression stuff and testosterone mm. kind of kept coming coming up. Um, and I spoke to this endocrinologist and he looked at my numbers and he goes, well, um, you have like the testosterone, like an 80 year old man. So uh, this is like, to me, low testosterone, but we can check again. Mm. We checked again and it was still pretty low. Um, it was lower. I mean, it wasn't as low as it was at the height of mm. the symptoms being bad, but it was right. still on the low end of things. So one, one option is of course to take hormone replacement therapy and, and get injected with some hormones that stimulate my testosterone. I'm not there yet. I think I still feel that there's some hard work to be done mm. uh, before I, you know, first getting off meds is the hard work. And, then, one, yeah, yeah. and then dealing with the stuff that has come up for me during Vipassana, just like handling it um, is, is definitely a big step. So it's all kind of... We've been raided by the FBI. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's really loud. Um, so... It's just like getting a full picture of your mental health it involves getting tested for everything, everything, including like inflammation uh, of all kinds, um, including your hormones, your, you, you know, your, your TSH, which is, you know, the stuff that, um, you know, related to your thyroid, mm. uh, getting, I mean, it's, it's turning over every stone. And then once you have the data to make a determination, like if you find yourself dealing with like extreme depression and anxiety. Um, you know, there's a lot, it's, it's a really complex, uh, set of, it's a really complex, uh, data you need to gather before you can like figure out what to do. But I would, I would just generally say that what happens in the States is the first thing they do is they put you on antidepressants. Like yeah. you you go to your general practitioner and say like, Hey, I'm doing things. I'm depressed. And they say, okay, well, here's a SSRI and let's see how you do incredibly dangerous yeah which can be incredibly dangerous i mean um and it's not their fault it's just the way they're trained mm. but you know anxiety and depression can be signs of other illnesses um that may go undetected one and two um there are other ways of approaching and handling these problems that are more holistic and i think generally speaking don't re- don't require you to take you know uh pills or, or injections for the rest of your life, mm. which I think is probably a good thing because, you know, messing with your brain chemistry is really dangerous. I mean, the reason you go through these withdrawal symptoms on, uh, on these antidepressants is that your, your brain stops making, uh, the chemicals it, it needs to function because you, your, your brain either doesn't remove them from your neurosynapses or, uh, the drugs produce them exogenously. Mm. And anytime you're doing that, you know, anytime you're atrophying a natural mechanism in your brain or anywhere in your body, it's dangerous. Right. And I don't, I don't know if I don't, I don't personally know um, at all if it's permanent, if there's permanent damage then there or not. But I would suspect that you're probably better off not doing it, avoiding it if you can. But some people need it because you know, at the same time, it does save people's lives. People who are, you know, I've heard good things about ketamine therapy for people who are uh, having suicidal ideation. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard good things K- about K- that. Ketamine is is that does that is that a serotonin enhancer? It I I don't think people know how it works. It's not. It's it's a it's, it's a, a tranquilizer. It's a tranquilizer. Yeah, yeah it's used for surgery. Courses, yeah. yeah. So, but it for some reason tends to like reset the brain. Yeah. Um. And they, no one really, as far as I can tell, no one really knows they how it really works. Understand why that works? Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's where I've been. I've been kind of dealing with all of this, and it's been really tough and, and interesting as well like learning a lot about this stuff has been interesting um and yeah it sounds like you've literally been to hell and back yeah yeah um and yeah I'm, I'm getting I'm moving towards you know trying to get better trying to get better and uh and I hope that I have a a more concrete like answer that people you know everyone kind of wants me to Give them like the the good news, like and the good news is I don't really, I'm not there yet, um, but I 
I think at you're least in the I'm in the, in the podcast and I'm and I'm not where I was before, which you was did, you did jujitsu. Yeah, so I, my prescription for myself is like pretty much daily jujitsu, mm-hmm. um, and I just find that it gives me a sense of well being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think because it is so <clears throat> mentally uh, challenging and physically challenging that my brain just can't worry about anything else. Yeah, you have to just worry about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's helpful and it's really interesting as well like I mean it's this really interesting algorithm for like human movement that Mm. allows you to like navigate really difficult situations Mm. so that helps and I'm you know I went back to eating meat um, which I found helps me a lot with my well-being Um, I feel better yeah red red meat grass feed grass fed red meat has helped me a lot Mm. not every day but Every now and then. Every, every couple of days. Probably good for testosterone. I think so. Mm. Probably good for testosterone. Um, and uh, and trying to sleep as much but, as I can. Yeah. But if I don't sleep, I get really fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's kind of what has been going on. So, titration has been interesting. Like, just, there's no formula. There's, like, it's really hard to find anything online, like, how to titrate, how to get off these meds. Um. Everyone just says, like, you know, cut it slowly, but no one says by how much and over what period of time mm. and just sort of see how you feel type thing. I think that anyone who decides to go off medication, and there's nothing wrong with staying on medication, by the way. I mean, do whatever you, you feel is right. But if you do want to go yeah, off yeah. of it, I would yeah. definitely recommend, like, getting a baseline of nutrition and sleep and hydration and exercise before mm. you cut Anything, because anything. Right, right, right. Right. you need something to fall back on. Because your brain is not going to produce serotonin, dopamine, mm. whatever, and uh, norepinephrine, ep- norepinephrine. Um, so you need your body needs resources. Mm. Your brain needs resources to fall back on while it gets while it goes through this depleted phase. Mm. So I kind of waited before until I felt like really healthy. Because now I feel like, now that I'm cutting, I feel kind of very similar again. I feel really depleted. I have trouble eating. I have trouble sleeping. Right, right, right. I'm tired. I'm, you know, I, I'm like having panic attacks, anxiety. I had an anxiety attack at Jiu-Jitsu the other day. Um, so, but I think had I not had that baseline, I, I, my, my, like, my ground floor would have been so much lower mm. that I, I don't know that I'd be able to cut as much as I have. So, you know, anyone who is, I mean, and I would say as well, like to research the fuck out of these meds because... Again, there's no evidence they work in the long term. None. I mean, um, better than placebo anyway. And and there, but there there is evidence they work in the short term. But the problem is, no one explains to you that you might have to take these for the rest of your life if you start. Mm, can't get off them because you can't may not be able to get off them. They might make you suicidal mm. if you miss a dose, or if it, you react badly to them. But there's plenty of medication that um, the, people just react badly to. Mm. Um, that really fucks them up. So like the, the, the risks aren't properly explained to people. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, they do help you cope with, you know, the, the feelings of dealing with difficult things. It, it does. It did help make me functional again. Right. So it's not that they're bad or good. It's that they have consequences mm. and you should know what the consequences, what the consequences are. are before you, before yeah. you get into them. Yeah. And you should know how to get off of them. Right. Um, and the process to get off from how to titrate off of these meds. So what I did was I just half my dose every week. I just took half and half of a half and half of a half. And um, now you're down to zero. Now I'm down to zero, um, which is fucking hard. hard. I feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, one takeaway I have about the way my mind works is I approach everything like it's a challenge. Right. Including dangerous thoughts. Mm. So rather than like having a thought like, well, here's how an anxiety and panic attack works, right? You, you feel a sensation. Mm. You have a thought about that sensation that the sensation is bad, mm. which triggers more sensations or more awareness of sensations right, right, right. and more bad thoughts, mm. which becomes this loop that takes you all the way to like a panic attack and anxiety yeah, yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my brain does that with a lot of things. Right. It's not just panic. It does it with, you know, 
self-criticism mm. and, um, and self-doubt. And I overthink a lot of things and I tend to engage with these thoughts like as if I need to overcome them until I don't feel that way anymore. Right. So the thought of like not being successful enough or something, mm. I'll engage in this sort of negative sort of self uh, mm. destruction, self criticism thing up un- until like I basically like am beaten to death basically. Right. And I just, my intuition is that if I just, if I just charge full ahead into these like negative loops of thinking mm. that I'll overcome them and then I won't feel them anyway. I'll just like mm. try like a, like a tractor or like I'm like in my mind, they're like mountains. If I climb that mountain of self doubt, I yeah. will overcome it and I won't have that self doubt anymore or something. Right. Unfortunately, that's not how my brain works. These, these loops are not mountains. They're quicksand. And when I engage in them, the more like in quicksand, the more you engage it, the worse it gets. The worse it gets. Your natural yeah. instinct to like get out of the quicksand is what kills you in the quicksand. Right. Actually, what you have to do is relax, sink a little bit, mm. and then slowly. You're not trying to fight. Don't, don't fight. fight it. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's a very something I learned from jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah, yeah. Jiu-jitsu. If you fight, you will get tired, and you will lose. Yeah. If you relax, mm. you wait for your moment. And then you take advantage of your moment, you have a, a good chance. Mm. And there, if you follow the process, like step one, mm. bring their arm to your chest. Mm. Step two, you know, uh, elevate your hips. Step there's like there's like, a, mm. there's like algorithm of steps to take. Right. right. R- versus struggle or panic. Mm. If you struggle and panic, you're gonna get choked out. It gets worse. Yeah, it gets yeah. worse. So um, I read a good quote. Um, this is, I think it's a poem, and it says. Um, how many times must the stream tell you at night time how to conquer obstacles? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One drop at a time. Right. It, it just goes it washes away the rock, right? Yeah. Or it just, yeah. I mean, here's an obstacle. The stream comes down and goes around. It goes around right? it. Yeah. Fight it. It just, it right. just moves around. Right. Right. And how many times do we have to see right. that yeah. to get the fucking message? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how you deal with obstacles. I'm very thick-headed, you know. I I just think of that as kind of some kind of weakness or no, something. Yeah, let's smash the rock. Smash yeah. the rock. <laughs> yeah. Just bend the universe to my will, right, right, and right, I'll right. be happy. <laughs> uh, and like that, that's a again a recipe for unhappiness. So I think just watching my mind and how it works and how it's not built. <coughs> excuse me, it's not built for happiness. Mm. It's built for suffering. That's that's no that's no fun. It's no fun. Yeah, that's it's no really fun, no fun. fun. There's no play in there. It's not fun at all. And uh, so it's it's now just a question of working my way through it and trying to find you know the other side of it. Um, Getting back to get, trying to find a mind step where you can have fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about fun um, and joy and all that stuff. So. Playing, like just playing, just yeah, playing. yeah. All yeah. good stuff comes from play. So, yeah, that, that's like it's been pretty hectic, uh, a def- definitely a difficult journey. And it's what's cool is like I, I posted kind of on my Instagram, kind of what was going through it, and I got so many uh, messages of just support and a lot of people going through the sim- a similar thing, which was really that's nuts, crazy. Mm. People saying that they felt the same way, like. Mm. Um, which was really great. And, you know, realizing that it's just like totally human nature to go through this. And, mm. and I, I think it's what I think is unbelievably common. I think yeah. there's fucking that millions of people. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why I, I wanted to get this podcast done with you is because I think that there are so many people who are suffering that could benefit from hearing what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I really do think that a lot of people could listen to this and, and they maybe it's not exactly the same thing that you've gone through, but it's yeah. something similar to what yeah. you've gone through. And I think that that's really, it's a brave thing to do and it's an important thing to do. And I think it's, you've got to um, alchemize it. You've got to alchemize a bad situation and turn it into something positive. I think the, the way to do that is to, like we were talking about before, how 
the hand over the flame is unpleasant, but doesn't mean it's broken. It means right. it's working. It means it's working. Yeah. It's if you weren't that, feeling all this. Yeah. If you weren't feeling all these yeah. feelings. Yeah. Then that would be broken. Then you'd be broken. But you're yeah. feeling it, so there's something. Yeah. Inside you something needs like, to change. Something's like ah, uh, I need to. This, yeah. This, I need this to is change. not it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think the first, it's like step one is like realize that you're not broken. Actually, everything is working perfectly. Is a is yeah. a really good step because you're like oh okay. So, so if you know something's wrong, yeah, then you're all right. Yeah, exactly. You know something's wrong, you're all right. So it's when you don't know something is wrong and there's a problem, right. uh, and you won't recognize it. So I think that's like again, it's like jujitsu, right? It's like what's step one, and and how can I like get to step one? Mm. Um, and like so, I think step one is recognizing okay, it's like taking a step back and saying okay, which is really hard to do at the time, but. Just yeah. realizing that it's that you're not broken, that your your all your factories are in are working. So it's just recognizing that you need to make a big change. Right. And then working your way towards that change. And then gathering all the dev, the data that you can. Mm. Like it could be as simple as your thyroid. Right. It could be as simple as your diet. Right. It could be as simple as your testosterone. Right. I doubt that it is, but it could be. It could be as simple as gut inflammation, mm. which we know causes depression. Right. Um, so you should get the low-hanging fruit first and check all those things out. Right. Uh, and then check out, um, you know, start reading about cognitive behavioral therapy, which is CBT, which is a school of psychotherapy, mm. which is really helpful because it's, CBT, I know that's helped a lot of people. I know yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, it's life-changing because it, it's about... Is that what you're, do, are you're doing, CBT? Yeah, yeah. It's more like having a coach. Yeah. And it's very action-oriented mm. uh, versus like kind of talk therapy, for example, which I didn't get much use out of because I didn't... I would just talk myself in circles and then I wouldn't... So is it like yeah. a Freudian model as opposed to a kind of a Jungian? Jungian is more psychotherapy, I don't know. right? I don't know. I, I don't know a, a word like the like the origins of it, but I would definitely look into cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, there's been a lot of uh, research into EMDR, eye movement. Oh, yeah, rapid eye movement yeah. therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically when you sleep, when you go into REM sleep, the rapid eye movement stuff tends to be very healing for your, yeah, for your yeah. mind, and, okay. and they, try, they try to replicate that in a, yeah. in a in therapeutic setting. I, I tried that. It was great. Um, it yeah, it helped. Um, but... You know, ultimately, it's about changing your life and changing what the situation you're in to move your hand away from the fire. Of course, of course, yeah. And figuring out what that looks like, that's the hard work. That's, and that, that's, that shit is not easy. No, that's a lifetime of work, for sure. Um, but What makes you happy? Yeah, what makes you happy and... Uh, what gives you a sense of purpose, meaning what, what, yeah. what allows you to be joyful. Yep. Like, I mean, it's amazing how far... You know, some people have to go just to feel normal. Yeah. Like, yeah. just feeling normal. Yeah. Right. Is like once you've experienced some sort of mental yeah. illness or mental anxiety or stress or depression or anything like that, just to feel normal. Yeah. I would have given anything for yeah, that. Yeah. It's just to feel like grounded and, and normal. I mean, yeah. like when I when I went through um, when I had that, <laughs> I mean, part of my own making, having far too many. M- Magic mushrooms, doing a, yeah. a huge dose of magic mushrooms, right, in a, yeah. in a bid to kind of like, I thought I was going to have a good experience, but like, I didn't, I had a very bad one, and it put me into a state of like, I was I was not attached properly to reality for quite a while, like for, a few, for several months, and I really, it was like, that was, I felt like that was my insight into mental illness i'm like okay this is what it feels like to like not really be attached to reality and have like anxiety attacks yeah perpetual um sort of not anxiety wouldn't yeah anxiety not panic but anxiety right so constant sort of you know things are not real but like that was my insight into it and i just remember thinking like in the height of it going like oh my god i just I just want to feel what I would give to just feel normal, just to feel, yeah. to have these things go away and not really feel that much would be yeah. amazing. Yep. Right. But it, that it requires a lot of hard work to like, yeah. to get back from when you, the one thing that I, I took from that is like, wherever you are, wherever, like whatever mental state you're in, right. However fucking bad it is, right. Where, you can come back from it. Like you, you can be fine. 
Like I thought I came back from like a very weird, very dangerous place, and like came back to like I feel, I mean I feel pretty fine. I feel fine, you know, yeah. like I feel pretty happy. Yeah. Um, so it is possible, and and I think it's because you're again it's due to that equilibrium thing. Your body, if you know something's wrong, you're fine. Yeah. And if you know your your body is constantly seeking a state of equilibrium, it wants to be to to have a state of um, what do you call it, the, the homeostasis, right? Yeah. Uh, where it wants to be kind of well regulated, well fed, well watered, well rested. That's what your body wants. If you do all those things, you start to feel normal again. Yeah. Like you, you're a chemical factory. Balance the chemicals, you'll be fine. Yeah, I think so. And I think as well, like it put it put doubt in my mind on what normal really is because I had all these unrecognized traumas mm. that I just truly had no idea. Wow, wow. And going back to Yeah, yeah, to childhood. childhood. Yeah. And that so I was like, what is normal? What was that like? Well did I just like not ever have a normal. Yeah, did I it just or that's unaware or it's mm. kinda like You've been living with this stuff for so long. Yeah. Thought that, yeah. that was normal. Yeah, yeah. And uh but not recognizing it, not paying much attention to it I guess. Um but what I would have given I would have given anything to just to just feel normal. I yeah. would have given. I would have. I would have tried anything. I mean, mm. the stuff that I tried, I've tried fucking everything. Um, mm. So, I would. I would just being grateful for those moments of peace and happiness, or just like wow, like or you know, I I feel I'm grateful for the past and how I felt, mm. and and I and I'm hopeful of the future, and I just hope that whatever process I go through, I'm able to come out of it, um, you know, in some, some sense of balance. I definitely learned a lot. I've definitely learned a lot about myself mm. and about mental health, like to where I don't feel comfortable giving people advice because everyone's different, but at least I can kind of share Your what, own my own yeah, insight yeah, yeah. and at least point people where to look. Um, because well, it's, it's, it seems to me that, it's mostly how maybe how to think about it. Yeah. yeah. How, how what's what's a useful way of thinking about yeah. what's happening to you? Yeah. Do you think there's something wrong with me? I need meds. Right. Or do you go? Do you take the approach that hey, this is very complicated, and yeah. I need to look at this from many different perspectives and yeah. examine parts of my life carefully and see what's in sync and what's out of sync. And I think that that's yeah. that's extremely good advice. You know, that's yeah. like, well, maybe even you wouldn't even call it advice. You would just call it kind of like yeah i mean in perspective i think uh you know again it's weird like jujitsu again it's like where am i expending energy that you don't need to that i don't need to and what's what's sapping my energy mm. what's what's stopping me from being able to continue this mm. is it that this person's hand is on my mouth yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or is it that this per that, that this person's squeezing my body do i mm. need to like, get out of here for this first before i can move on mm. Is it that I'm like fighting with all my my muscle strength against mm. gravity? You are Am right, I right. trying to fight gravity right now? Mm. Is that gonna is that a good idea? Right. Or should I, instead of fighting gravity, you know, should I just try to move move in such a way as that like I don't need to fight against gravity? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's sort of like observing your state of being and your energy, because you know my um my instructor had a really cool idea about what is right and wrong in jiu-jitsu specifically. He's like, what the right thing and the wrong thing is, is a spectrum. Right. Some things are more right and less right and more wrong and less wrong. And it's all t- dependent on the time as well. It's dependent on, well, it's a couple of dimensions. The first is, you know, how much, does it, so the first is, does it create the outcome that I want? Mm. Like if the outcome I want, is the effect, if I'm trying to create an effect of, I'm trying to move someone's arm, does this mm. move their arm or not? So if it doesn't move the arm, it's not effective. Mm. We can't say it's the right thing to do. Mm. But if it does, we can move on to the next thing. Is like, is it efficient? Can I do it with the energy that I have? Mm. Uh, you know, does it take all of my energy to do it, mm. or very little? Mm. Uh, and can I do it in like you were saying in time? Can I do it in the amount of time, or does it take mm. a lot of time to do it? Um, and once all these things kind of align, then it's more or less right. Mm. but it's definitely a combination of a lot of factors. Right. And the same thing for mental health, like what the right thing to do is a complicated 
algorithm of things. Right. Uh, and, and I think we just don't gather enough data. Like, right. my first reaction is like, give me the fucking pill. Mm. Like, I want to move on. That's what most people was like. Yeah. My, my brother's a doctor and he, he, we had him on the podcast, right? Yeah. And, and that's what he says. Like, basically, like, that's what most people want. They want a pill. I've got this. Give me a pill. That'll fix it. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, the body is way more yeah. complex than that. But it's like, it's like kind of society at large, right? It's like, what do you do about the drugs, drugs epidemic? Let's lock them all up. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, does that solve That's a pill, basically. Yeah, it's worse than a pill. Yeah, you know, it's not even tr- it's not even attempting to help them. They you just chuck them in a cage. Yeah, you know, and so, so but obviously the, the the problems that the root of addiction is very are mm-hmm. are very complex. You know, and again, it all comes a lot of this stuff comes down to trauma, comes down to childhood yeah. trauma, and that people use drugs to make themselves feel normal. Yeah. Uh, to stop pain, right? Yep. So then you have to go to the root. Well, how do you get to the root of that? And you're looking at like family life, and you're looking at environment, you're looking at diet, you're looking at education, you're looking at all sorts of things. So these things are really complicated. Yeah. And 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 you don't like. There aren't quick fixes to to any of these problems, and it's the same with the human body. You know, the human body is like, you've got cancer, cut it out, mm. right? Mm. I mean, yeah, you've dealt with the symptom. Okay, mm. but what was the underlying cause behind the cancer? What gave you the cancer in the first place? Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I, I that's why I think the Eastern perspective and the sh- and the kind of shamanic or the Amazonian perspective that I'm more familiar with really comes into play. That like these things are complex and they're deep seated and they come from trauma, like they come yeah. from trapped emotion or yep. they come from um, things that have happened to you that you haven't yep. processed properly that you you've kind of stored in your body. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely the, the 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 Chinese medicine view is these samskara trap mm. trap pain uh, that needs to be released, and if you don't release it, your your body will it it will eat you alive basically. You'll get, you'll get sick. Yeah. yeah, you'll get sick, and uh, you know it's. But I, again, I think gather as much data as you can can because there's plenty of, you know, there's a lot of value in the Western way of doing things. Mm. Um, and if you can combine them both in a way that works for you, I think that's the best. I think, you know, for me, it's definitely, I can definitely say that all this is linked to trapped, like, uh, emotions and trapped mm-hmm. memories, uh, for sure, without a doubt. Um, and and once they're out, you had to deal with them. Because, yeah, because it's not to say that once once you're aware of them, that they go. No, they're with you. Yeah, yeah. Then you stay there and you're like, oh shit. Like, yeah. That one, no, yeah. And now I have to deal with this. Right. And I can't un experience this. Mm. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a uh, it's been crazy, a crazy journey for sure. Uh, and I don't really know where it's going to lead me. Um, right now I'm just so, uh, exhausted with it. I just wish I had some other task to focus on <laughs> than just like feeling normal, trying to feel normal every day. Um, and I do think that again, my nature is very like, like my therapist tell me like, she's like, I'm, she's like, you're, you're like, you're treating your mental health like it's a business and you're like going full, you know, I'm doing all the homework. I'm like reading all these papers. I'm, yeah. I'm doing jujitsu every day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like measuring what I'm yeah. eating and she's like, it's like, maybe you should just relax. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and stop like <laughs> a- attacking it every single day, and then yeah. feeling bad that you haven't like overcome mental health, mental illness, in like yeah. you know a couple of weeks. Do you mean do you feel bad for not training today? I just know that I would feel better if I did train today. So I didn't go to jujitsu today, and I, I f- do you feel guilty about it? I feel lazy. Yeah, yeah. I suffer from the same thing, my friend. Yeah. So I know yeah. exactly how you feel. But it's kind of like, hey, I mean, you didn't go to jujitsu today. You fucking care. Jiu-Jitsu will be there tomorrow. Yeah, but or it's the like, next day, yeah. or the next day. But this one wasn't my fault, so I, I it wasn't yeah, my yeah, fault. Yeah, I wanted to give you some, But even if it was your fault, even if you just didn't feel like it. Yeah, right. It's I like didn't feel like it. I mean, there's a lot of like. I do think that there was a lot of kind of um, right now with this whole you know discipline and yeah, you know, get get the fuck out of bed and get yeah. to the gym and you know yeah. like don't be a, a pussy, don't be a pussy, be a hard motherfucker. You know, yeah. there's a lot of Instagram. It's like, was it rise and grind hashtag? Yeah, a lot shit, of that right? stuff. Yeah, Can Dave people... Goggins. Who's that? Oh, he's yeah, an he's ultra that. marathon runner who like pees blood and like that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. This is right, right, and this is probably I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but this is a guy who probably 
deep, 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 deep down, I think he he has a hard time with himself. Yeah. Right? Because you because he's basically punish. He's cleansing himself through yeah. pain. Yeah. Right? What is he running from? Yeah. What's he running from? Where's yeah. he running to? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What are you running to? Like that, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's the thing with a lot of these um a lot of the fitness people yeah. who are the kind of crazy extreme fitness like the CrossFit people and whatnot. I I mean my instinct now is I'm like, what are you doing that for? Why like why mm. do you need to be able to, you know, it's like but they they're kind of purifying themselves through this um extreme yeah fitness kind of thing. Hey, if it works for them but I more power if, to them but I don't know if it does I don't yeah. I, I genuinely don't know whether like destroying your body um, is, is a good way of like because yeah. it's really what's happening right yeah. you destroy your body very much um, especially marathon runners oh my, terrible 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 for you, terrible, yeah. terrible right and, and 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 you can't be a savage when you're 70 yeah right yeah because you try and put that shit your body through that kind of thing like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna mess it up. Oh, another thing that's really helped is uh, sauna. Oh, you know what? I mean to do that. Like, yeah. I mean, really mean to do that because I have, I've got like my I know when I have hot baths, fibromyalgia yeah. is greatly reduced. So there, there. So they're, saunas are good. I was reading something about fibromyalgia and sauna actually. Really? Yeah, I forget where I was reading it, but yeah, I mean, sauna really helps. Um, Where'd you do it? Uh, in my gym. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but I might buy one from Costco for like 800 bucks and just like use it every day. Um, but infrared sauna is, well, any kind of sauna. Um, it's really but, good. But there's a, apparently there's a study in Finland for like these, for dry sauna where it, over they did like over a period of like 70 years, but a couple 2,000 people or something like that. Mm. And it has like a 40% benefit for all cause mortality. So cancer, heart disease, Jesus. all that stuff. Um, so do saunas. Yeah, so it releases these like heat shock proteins that do all kinds of good stuff that regulate your gut and regulate your uh, blood I find vessels that and. Baths. I find I feel so much better when I yeah. have a bath. Man, like look into look into sauna for fibromyalgia. Um, yeah. It really helps me regulate my mm. mind, my my brain. Uh, mm. If I get in there for like forty minutes. Mm. Um, so that's another thing I found that helps 40 me. Forty minutes. I do 40 minutes. Yeah, like I, I think um, you have to give your body time to kind of like start producing these heat shock proteins. And really? So it takes a little while. Yeah, you, you want to be sweating and, and feeling it. Like, really? um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think... Like it, post-workout or... Post-workout. Post-workout yeah. and then have a cold shower. You can do, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just do like a, yeah, a cold shower, or but... Just, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. So isn't it that the hot, when you do hot and cold, it's pretty useful? I don't know. Yeah. I've heard good things about cold. I just I don't know much about it. Um, I'm I'm game. I'm I'm really down to start doing sauce because yeah. because uh, I've found the benefit. Of, but I don't like wasting all that water. Is, no. Yeah, I mean, uh, dude. I so saw Costco sells infrared saunas, and uh, really? yeah, and uh, I mean, look into it. I I I would I would definitely look into it for fibromyalgia. Uh, it definitely helps me with my like calmness. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I, get, I think anything that tickles my fight or flight is good. Mm. Um, you know, getting really hot and being in a sauna, my my mind's gets you out of your out of your out of your brain, right, into your body. Yeah, because my my body when it gets really hot and sweaty, like kind of triggers panic attacks for me. Because mm. um, my my heart because sauna elevates your heart rate, mm. and like and it um, dilates your blood vessels and stuff. So mm. my it's like a similar to a fight or flight response. Right, right, right. So I think my body's like, okay, all right, maybe we're okay. All right, maybe we're okay. And it keeps the blood flowing because, like, a lot of times the blood leaves your extremities. And um, one, one, I was, you know, I was trying to figure out why during panic attacks do I feel like tingly and all that stuff. Mm. And, you know, it's because the blood, from what I read, it's like the blood is leaving your extremities to go to, like, your vital organs because it thinks, like, some really Something serious, serious is happening. Happen. Wow. So it kind of, I think that the sauna helps to kind of, like, get the blood flowing around my mm. body. You know the heart pumps and the blood vessels dilate. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff, uh, and there's you know stuff that your kidneys and your liver benefits from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely look into infrared sauna, or sorry, sauna, sauna of any kind. The the study in Finland was done with dry sauna, not infrared sauna. So I don't know if infrared sauna is as effective as like a regular sauna. Mm. Um, 
but there are some studies on infrared saunas. Like, I've read so much of this shit. There are studies on infrared saunas, like, for, like, helping you cleanse, like, heavy metals out of your blood. Wow. And, um, you know, so basically, infrared sauna works by, like, sending, like, photons of light into you that are hot uh, versus, like, a, a regular sauna that heats the air, so it's, like, a lot more humid. I'm going to try a sauna this week. And so, I think we're coming, we'll probably come up to the, to the end of our yeah. hour, but... Um, I'm going to do a sauna this week in time for the next yeah. for the next podcast. So you need to do at least four times a week for it to be... Oh, really? Yeah. F- 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 like below four, there's a big drop-off. Oh, wow, so you probably would have to buy a sauna really yeah. to be able to... Yeah, or like go to a joint gym that has one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. I mean, look, I, I think that we should keep, keep you on track by yeah. telling everyone how you're doing. Sure. That, yeah, that, that's sure. why, I, I, I don't know, it's, it seems to me that like... Um, you could help a lot of people. I, I hope so. And you're yeah. probably, you know, you are helping a lot of people by talking about this kind of stuff. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and it will, it will. Uh, let, let's let's keep chatting about it. Yeah, we can go into diet really deep into diet too. I mean, um, why don't we do that so, next time? Yeah, yeah. We'll do, we'll, so next week, next week is diet. Next week is yeah. Um, is, we can talk about diet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep doing this, guys, because um, yeah, I think Michael was very brave for for talking about this. Uh, and I think that a lot of people are struggling with things. Um, I'm always amazed at how many people suffer from mm. these kind of things. I was back in London recently, and, and several friends of mine are going through their own difficulties. And um, yeah, it's good to know that you're not alone. That's for sure, man. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen. We'll we'll leave it at that, and um, get in touch with us um, on. You can email me Ben at thedailybanter dot com. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any, if you want to contact us or find us on uh, Facebook, uh, the Bandcast is on Facebook. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next week. And we have a Patreon. And we have a couple. Yeah, we do have a Patreon. The Bandcast forward slash no Patreon forward slash Bandcast. Cool, I believe. Yep. All right, love you all. See Bye. You guys.